Hi guys, my name is Tim J. Andrews, founder and CEO at Awaba. At Awaba, we're building a sustainable future for Africa's workforce. Um, you are listening to the IBS podcast. That's the InsureTech Business Series podcast. Uh, you don't want to miss it. In fact, click on it right now. Welcome to the InsureTech Business Series podcast. I am Fudumi. And I am Gamola. And together, we host the most exciting podcast on insurance and insurtech-related topics in Africa. Stay tuned. My name is Junji Andrew. I'm an economist by Outlook. I actually studied physics, but then went on to study economics. My experiences has helped me to be able to see things uh, from the scientist's perspective. And um, of course, economics also helps me to be able to see things from another experience also. I'm married, have two kids, a boy and a girl. Um, what do I do aside from my Awaba work? Is I'm, I'm not very social person so it's work gym home i work out a lot and the only activity that i do outside of work and being at home interesting to know that you actually have a science background and that from an economist background okay so so that would of course pose the next question as to these experiences right have they in any way influenced um, your current startup which is our bar did they in any way prepare you for what you do now Yes. Uh, so I think I would say the second one, uh, which is economics, uh, the physics part. So I did physics because my dad wanted me to be an engineer and um, somehow brilliant enough to get into engineering. So the, the closest thing I could get access to was, was physics. I'm not really sure how much of physics has impacted my life. I think maybe it helps me just see things from a structural perspective. But I did find out that I really enjoyed economics. What we're doing right now at our bar is predominantly tied around financial inclusion. I'm a strong financial inclusion advocate. I've been for the last 10 years. The major reason why I fell in love with financial inclusion is my economics background. One would often wonder how you started our bar, but I think that we're sort of getting a feeling that this is going to So when you say our bar, for a while, I, I mean, some of us probably um, must have mispronounced the name. In fact, it had to, I had to see a particular, um, I don't know if it was a tweet you posted and you were like, it's called Awa. But, so um, what exactly influenced the name? Like, what was the thought process that went in to have coined out that name? So there's something called liquidity. Generally, the, the central bank, you know, they talk about money supply. Money supply is really, a, and liquidity both together kind of explain the amount of money circulating within an economy. A lot of people don't realize that every naira they spend has a multiplier effect on everybody within the economy. So think about it from this perspective. I go to lay bricks for an entire day and I get paid, I don't know, 5000 a day. And out of that 5000 a day, my child's school fees is 3500 
So I take out of that 5,000 that, uh, that I've been paid at the site. I go and pay my child's school fees for 3,500 naira. And that 3,500 naira is paid to the school. The school takes that money, goes to pay their teachers. They pay their teachers maybe say 3,000 naira of that money. The teacher takes that money, goes to the market, goes to buy tomatoes, maybe 200 naira. The tomato seller is able to go and, you know, so that way money supply and the liquidity in, in, in any economy works hand in hand to be able to make sure that every person gets uh, adequate provision. And that is what we talk about when we say um, there is a recession. What a recession means is that there's not enough economic activity within any economy. And the reason why that happens is because there's not enough money going around. So most people are scared. So it's not going around. You see that cycle like basically try to draw earlier, you know, this person pays this person, this person pays this person. Now, if there's reduced money in the economy, people tend to hold and it doesn't go around. So that's the problem with the context and, and the way I saw financial services is the way I saw financial inclusion. So when I was into, you know, start my own organization, the thought at the back of my mind is, our money. So it's not just my money. It's not just your money. It might be in your hands today. It might be in my hands tomorrow, but effectively it is our money. And that was what created the Our Bar conversation. That's interesting to know, honestly, because that's given us insights into that. So again, it's Our Bar. <laughs> I always try to say that so that Sure. Okay. So, um, while I understand, you know, the thought behind this, can you also walk us through the journey of the micro pension startup? Between 2018 and um, 2021, when we started, I was actively speaking to startups in and around the country, trying to get them to focus on the market segment our bar focuses on right now and the opportunity. And I kept saying, you know what, I, I would like to have you focus a little bit on this market segment. You know, if you could just give me some part of the company, if it's, I don't know, a little part of the company, I would be your chief marketing officer or something like that. Uh, and clearly a lot of people did not understand the market segment, let alone want to be involved. So it was pretty much a frustration. And then the pandemic hit and the pandemic hitting was, was crucial. Because during the pandemic, you found out that people were hungry during that period. All the issues with the palliatives and people breaking into the storerooms, you know, their lives were seriously and adversely affected. And honestly, what came to my mind was we need to be able to create financial services that are fit for artisan workers. And I'm, I don't say this lightly because you hear a lot of people say they want to bank the unbanked. And while I realize that this may be good, the question I ask myself is that what is the use of getting a bank account for someone who sells tomatoes, for instance? So for us, when we're trying to create this product, we had to create something that was useful, something that could get leverage today and tomorrow. And pensions was the most fit for purpose product. What we now had to do was to make it clear to our customers exactly who we're selling. Quite interesting point you made there about buzz around uh, you know, financial inclusion. On your own end, you're, you're doing the micro pensions. Just generally, what exactly should we be focused on in this part of the world in terms of getting more people 
to be financially included. Uh, it seems like it's a fancy thing to get funding. <laughs> yeah, so because I've been around financial inclusion so long, I have been able to get past the bird and I've been able to see the belly of the beast and I realized that they want value. Bank accounts don't create value for Africans because banks are built after the European-American model where you just go and keep your money somewhere. Charges are being collected and then on a, on a weekly to monthly basis. An African wants, and a Nigerian wants financial services from the perspective of leverage. Now, let me clearly explain what I mean. Think about it. Banking. We have the Alajo, the woman mm. and the guy that carries a notebook mm. on their, under their armpit. What is it? Um, pensions. You know, in Africa, we have six, seven, eight, nine children. We hope that one of them will blow and take care of us when we What is it? Investments. We're always trading. We're putting money into business, growing businesses here and there. We're known for it. There is no financial service that doesn't have an African equivalent. In Africa, credit is based on a simple conversation. I know you, yes, we know each other. And that is because the African model of credit is based on trust. It's based on knowledge. It's based on understanding. So when you then go and you want to sell credits to an African based on banking, you have totally missed the context of this African. So the mm. context is it's around value creation. So think about it from this perspective. If you try to sell health insurance to an African, you're unlikely to get him to buy it from you. Why? Because, you know, he will not be sick in Jesus' name. So how do you think he's going to pay you 20000 15000 16000 to buy health insurance? He's not going to do it. Now, what if you could have him do what he already knows by saving monthly, and because he's saving monthly into an adjust system, he's able to unlock health insurance for that entire year? That is the kind of leverage we give at our bar. You have to be able to reorientate and rechange their mind. For me, I think it's quite important that we continue to look at it from the perspective of Africa is a unique society. If you go to China, you will not find the, the European methodology of service provision. You will find the Chinese way of doing things. You will find the Chinese model of banking. So for us at our bar, it is crucial that we build for the community we're in. We're building for Africans, we're building for ourselves. So I'll, I'll tell you another product that we have, which is, which is, uh, is a community-based health cover. So a community comes together, they feel that you know a lot of them tend to need health cover. But the problem is that they are worried about the fact that if they don't use the health cover, you've taken their premium and then you're not going to give them value back. What about if they could have a pool and you're able to administer health cover to everybody? Whatever is left at the end of the year, you get the money back. That is the African model, not the European model of premiums. So you need to build for your community. You need to be able to give them value for what they have. But unfortunately, we, we are not looking at it from that perspective. So... For us, this is the way we're building and this is the way we're looking at financial inclusion. And this is the real financial inclusion where you are going to give people things they need so that they can be included. Hi guys, my name is Tim J. Andrews, founder and CEO at Our Bar. At Our Bar, we're building a sustainable future for Africa's workforce. Um, you are listening to the IBS podcast. That's the InsureTech business series podcast. Uh, you don't want to miss it. In fact, Click on it right now.
I mean, just picking on a few things that you did mention, insurance. Again, in the whole conversation around financial inclusion, it's always about the banking and payments, but pension is not there yet. Insurance as well, which for me, I think is even more important because one, we all face risk. Those people below the pyramid were the hardest hit. Insurance could have come in if it was insurance provided by the government uh, uh, or even insurance that was available, people could have subscribed to. But today, the level of the penetration of insurance is quite low. But generally, how, how is our about looking at the insurance space in terms of inclusion? It's, it's, it's crucial. It's crucial to what we're driving. It's super crucial to what we're driving from multiple aspects. In my mind, insurance, pensions, it's, it feels the same. They're complementary products. And what we've done is we've been able to create a system whereby they go hand in hand and they're able to work together. The vulnerable society is crucial. Nigeria needs greater insurance penetration. Far, far, far more than banking. The average Nigerian needs more insurance, not more banking. Uh, pension security, not more banking. Because that is what really protects the vulnerability and the value of life. Yeah. Irrespective of how the fancy car you have or the place you are in, it's just takes a little, you know, uh, surgery here, a little bed rest there, a little this, a little that, yeah, that, that you sold all your poverty. So every Nigerian needs health uh, insurance. But it can't be insurance for insurance sake. It also can be pensions for pension sake. It has to be products that will communicate value to the customer. It has to be products that will communicate to the customer's primary fears and the customer's primary uh, assumptions. What we must do is to position products that will communicate value to the customer. The customer wants to pay. The customer just needs to know how this benefits me. A lot of the times, what financial service providers, when they're speaking to customers, what the customer hears is you just want to come and take my money. I need to be able to communicate value back to the customer. And I think that is a reason why we've not seen a lot more penetration. But honestly, I, I can tell you for without a, a doubt, and I've seen it on the streets, Nigerians don't need more banking. We have too many banks. We have enough banks. We should stop. It's, it's enough. What we now need is protection, is value creation, is ensuring that we don't have more poor people. Quite interesting. Looking at the space that you're playing, what's the feel from regulation, right? Uh, you're innovating within that space. I mean, regulator is not customer facing, so I guess their appetite is quite different. So, Unfortunately, um, in the pension side, there is no existing regulation for a micro-pension player. That was the way it was in the insurance space until recently where... The regulator created microinsurance. The fantastic thing about this conversation is that we are, one, creating innovation in the pension space, and the regulator seems to be excited about how we are going about it, seeing that we have focused on the customer rather than just doing high-sounding you know, marketing themes where it just looks good, sounds good for Twitter and social media. So, so far, we've gotten very strong support from the regulator. We are really grateful for that. We do not take it for granted, but we are still working and hopeful that there will be some direct regulation uh, for our space. Everything we're doing right now is still under regulation via our partners who are the pension administrators. 
I mean, it's quite interesting. And, you know, you did mention the, um, the insurance space, uh, a lot of new developments, even on the regulator side with micro insurance, uh, you're saying the web aggregator license as well. We have an accelerator program, InsurTech Accelerator Program, the first in Nigeria, supported by the regulator. So yes, generally, regulation will always be behind innovation, but they're responding. I do believe in, in financial inclusion, definitely. But just like the question I did ask, it's always about the banking. Why? That's not what's most important for someone who is in the rural area. So yeah, thank you for that. In terms of what's next, can you tell us a bit about what the future is? We can't promise our customers they will be rich. We are about building a sustainable future. We're not some um, get-rich-quick scheme. We're not some, you know, you bring your money, they double it. We're here about sustainability of your future, right? We started on pensions. We've layered that on top of it insurance, on top of it loans, savings, investments. What we are building has not been built anywhere in the world before. And that is a bit scary because there's nothing to follow behind. There's no roadmap that we can just copy and paste. The future for us is to be able to make sure that Africans and Nigerians particularly have leverage on every money they earn. But the thing is, you can't save for tomorrow when today they're sick, they don't have money to pay for their rent. You need to be able to sort today and sort tomorrow at the same time. How do you do that? It's able to create a group of financial service offerings that are able to leverage off one another so that this person can get value today and get value tomorrow. That's that's amazing. Okay, before we let you go, you being the very first contributor to this micro pensions space, what would you advise people that are looking for opportunity um, to explore in that space or, you know, generally the financial industry? Well, I'd say that um, I, I don't want to sound uh, idealist, but you don't have a higher calling <laughs> because financial inclusion is not the end in itself. It's a means to an end. So you have to understand what the end is. I've been in a few uh, gatherings and I find um, people selling insurance saying things like, oh, all we need to do is deploy APIs. You know, once we just deploy APIs, people will just consume those APIs and deploy and make it available to people in the interland. It's obvious that you are trapped in Victoria Island, Ikeja, and, and Banana Island. It's obvious that you do not know the face and yearning and aspirations of the real African. If you did know that, you would know that most Africans switch off their data at night. Buying 500 MB is actually a real thing for many, many Africans. What am I even saying? Being able to afford a smartphone is actually a luxury for a lot of Africans. So you realize that internet connection is not something that is available to everybody. So what I always say is have empathy to be able to understand your customer. One of the things that we like to do is try to connect our listeners to our guests. Because again, part of the things that we are keen on is networking. It could be collaborations and opportunities that could come up. Who, who is the ideal customer? Who are you? looking at as this is my customer today and then how can people reach out to have a partnership investment our primary customer is everybody that is not in formal nine to five and i, I say that in the wide spectrum of every single person 
So from the market person to, to the contractor, to the lawyers who do not work in a regular nine to five and are just standalone lawyers to even developers, you know, uh, content creator, musicians, all those people that don't work in structured organizations. Uh, and those are the people we're trying to reach out to. Some of them are already banked. Uh, but a larger number of them have no proper access to financial services. You can reach us to us via call or WhatsApp at 07000 hour bar. You can always reach out to us at hello at H-O-H-E-L-L-O at our bar ng.com. Our social media is our bar Nigeria, and you can reach out to us there. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. And I hope you did enjoy that conversation. Quite interesting one. Do ensure that you continue to listen to our podcast and share as well with your colleagues and friends uh, future episodes and even previous ones on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on every platform that you get your podcasts. Right. And also don't forget to join the conversation on all of our social media platforms. You might have comments, reviews, as well as questions. Please do share on our LinkedIn page, on our Twitter page, as well as remember to follow us.